0: Welcome to the Academy, the premier community for God-fearing, high-achieving women entrepreneurs. I am your host, Demita McGee. And listen, this is the place for women dedicated to owning and operating businesses using biblical principles. This is where practicality and spirituality intersect, ladies. The Academy will challenge your view of what you have been taught business should look like and help you truly tap into business the way God designed it. So let's get started with today's episode. Early last year, I had an opportunity to interview Phil Bogess. He's an attorney who I met at a networking event in 2017, and he works a lot with entrepreneurs who want to help set up their corporate structure. Think things like LLCs and corporations, and it occurred to me some time ago that a lot of the women I work with have never worked with an attorney. In fact, ladies, most would be uncomfortable at the thought or mere mention of working with an attorney. And the reality is that we really need legal counsel. So, in Phil's interview, we talk about some of the basic reasons it's important to set up your business legally. Keep this in mind, though, individual situations will vary. See, we're located in Illinois, and if you're in a different state or if you're in a different country, the laws may be very different. So we're not in any way offering you legal counsel in this episode. I want to be really clear about that. We are, however, impressing upon you the importance of actually getting legal counsel. And so I want to say this, I also want to encourage you. I understand that as of today, several of the women in my audience who may be listening have limited financial resources or may have limited financial resources. Please don't let that stop you from listening to this episode. For so many years, for so many years, we didn't have access to information like this. Now we do, and listening to it is free. Choosing not to listen honestly, it may be one of the most expensive decisions that you make this year. And I want to also remind you of something else. Listen, we serve an unlimited God with unlimited resources. And although everything, not although, but absolutely everything was created by him. In fact, the Bible reminds us in John 1 and 3 that God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. So I want to remind you. You have access to all things through your heavenly father, even legal counsel. If you desire it and you should talk to God about it, he'll open the door. Now let's jump into today's episode. We have an amazing guest today. I'm really excited to have him. Our mission is to sweep the globe, helping women understand that we can have it all with focus balance. Ladies, we can be significant um, or sensational spouses, excuse me. Um, magnificent moms and powerful profitable business women right from the comfort of our own homes with the right tools resources and right support and that is my goal to ensure that we are giving you the right tools the right resources and the right support and today I'm excited because we have an amazing guest okay our guest today is going to teach us how to ensure that we are protected he's going to help us understand the purpose of a corporate veil some of you may be thinking I don't even know what a corporate veil is it's okay that's why he's here today Um, I'm so grateful. I met him, oh my God, it's been, I think I met him a couple of months ago now, but we really just reconnected about a month ago. He's an attorney right here in the Chicagoland area, and he helps business owners like myself make sure we get our stuff together, right? His name is none other than Phil Bogut, and I want you guys to say hello to none other than our beautiful guest attorney, Phil, for the day. What's going on?
1: Nothing. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. I'm really excited to have you. Can you tell?
1: I know. I, I'm excited <laughs> to be here too.
0: You, you're, you're bringing something so valuable. The reality is, people are afraid to call you. They're afraid to call attorneys. They're scared that every word that they speak is going to cost them fifty bucks, and so they're afraid to have the necessary conversation. Your bill's
1: going to be bigger than that. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> they're just to have the conversation so can you just give them a little background of who you are and what you do before we get into the details of today's conversation
1: yeah i, I do a lot of things as you know i mean but mostly what we're focusing on is my law firm and how i help business owners so, um my business my practice is mostly in corporate mm-hmm. and which goes anything from startup to things that happen while you're operating to the um, exit strategies, because the reality is you also need to have exit strategies because we're all going to leave our business somehow, whether it's on our terms or someone else's. Mm-hmm. But if most people want to retire at some point in time or, you know, eventually people pass away. So there is an end point, just whether it is and when it is and how we get out. So I that's what I do for the corporations. I also have a large estate planning practice where we do wills, trusts, things along those lines to make sure our, all your final wishes are taken care of. That if something happens to you along the way, that you know everything's going to go as smoothly as possible. And then little odds and ends like um, real estate or whatever else needs to be taken care of. Anything else I don't do, I have a band of people who I handle these things and I just send people out to where they need to go. So most of my clients just call me and I'm like, oh, you need to talk to this person about this. And I just send them out where they need to be and to people who are going to treat them the right way and handle things for them.
2: That's
0: awesome. And you work with everyone from startup to emerging entrepreneurs or emerging companies to established companies. You literally run the gamut. Correct. What is one of the biggest things that you see for the audience that's watching today? And that is the newer entrepreneur, the emerging company, the person that's trying to get themselves established. What's one of the biggest challenges you see when working with that particular demographic?
1: so most people who are there they're excited about getting their business going and Mm -hmm. realistically the first thing that you're really looking at is revenue and that's what you're most concerned about is revenue how am i going to get money in the door which obviously is incredibly important however you have to run everything properly to make sure i've had people who just start running business say hey i'm going to be abc marketing and they haven't done anything to really claim that name, put out there that they're that business. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a class, I believe it's a C, class C misdemeanor for doing something like that for each and every day they're running their business.
2: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. wow. <laughs> each <laughs>
1: yeah. and every day? Each and every day is a new violation. Holy crap. Yeah. It's pretty crazy what... Um, how much trouble somebody could get in and how fast you could get it in. Now I prefer everybody to have some sort of business entity, but sometimes it's not as necessary. And, you know, it could be as simple as filing your name with the local county and publishing and things like that. Now you've Mm -hmm. met it every time you move or anything else like that, you might have to change it, but we need to take our first steps Mm -hmm. uh, into making sure that we go ahead and produce every, you know, put everything out there properly. I mean, that's going to count licenses that you might need, permits, anything else along the line to make sure that everyone's doing everything properly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some certain things that scare me a little bit when I hear some things that are people are doing like for some of the cooking people who do some baking and when everything like that, well, the reality is you need to have a commercial kitchen or someplace to prepare it and the, Department of Health has to come out and inspect the place. Mm-hmm. So when people are all out there, especially promoting and saying, Hey, I'm baking all this stuff or making all this stuff at home, it's a little scary because you're only one call away from someone calling out the local depart- health department and you'll get shut down.
2: Wow.
1: And we don't want that. I mean, we're not trying to kill anyone's dreams because we want all your dreams to come true,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: we want to make sure that you're not going to just stumble over something that you don't even realize is out there and just kind of know what you're getting into um, before you begin. Like yesterday I had some guy call who's going to start a memorabilia shop and he's in Chicago and Chicago's can be a little more stringent than other places. And he wanted to make sure he knew things. And, you know, we talked about things like, you know what, if you're running like an eBay, I'm not really worried about your zoning, but if you're going to have trucks coming in all the time, delivering Mm -hmm. and picking up everything, like, you're going to start bringing more attention to it. And someone might, who's pissed might call up and say, Hey, you know, we're not, we're zoned as residential, not as commercial. Okay. Or, or any of the, any other levels. And, you know, he might get kind of in trouble. So, you know, you just have to watch what you're doing and make sure that, you know, you're not putting any unnecessary spotlight on I mean, you want to be in the spotlight, but for the Mm -hmm. right reasons, not the wrong reasons. And then we're, you know, following what we need to follow and, are aware of everything. There's a lot of possibilities for potholes to run into and, and you don't wanna hit them. So how do? Absolutely. So the question is, how do we get there so we don't?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, some of it has to do with just business planning. You know, How am I gonna handle when things happen? You have a business plan so you can understand the ups and downs of your revenue, you track things, you have your accounting in order to make sure that you're doing the right accounting. Mm -hmm. you're selling things, make sure that you've got the sales tax and things along that, that you have to collect going to the state because they aren't happy when you don't pay your taxes. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) And, and and all sorts of, I mean, there's all sorts of other things, but one of the ones that I've been talking to a lot of other people about, and that you mentioned before is, Mm -hmm. you know, separating your business out from your personal assets. You know, if we're running a business and we're going to all have creditors at some point, you know, you're going to order things. Maybe you'll have um, a facility that you're renting. So, you know, you have to pay your, your rent on wherever you're renting for mm-hmm. your office or I don't know, manufacturing facility, or whatever it might be. So we have creditors there. Those are your business creditors. Let's keep them with your business rather than exposing all of your personal property, your house, your car, anything else along those lines. In case something happens. I mean, we aren't sure what's going to happen. You could have the Mm -hmm. best laid plans, but weird things can happen that, you know, stop. And you're going to have to, you know, close a business down maybe and start a new one. Or, you know, slip and falls happen on your facility. You know, say you have a shop and a slip and fall happens. And they see your your personal assets are easier to try to grab. That's what they're going to go for. I mean, if I was going to sue somebody and... I saw all these assets out there. It's hard to, you know, a bunch of clothes. I'm not going to be able to sell for much, you know. If you had, like, say, a clothing shop, okay. then I'm like, oh, great. I see you have a bank, a personal bank account with a lot of money in it. I'm just going to go put my lien on that and get that money out because it's the easiest thing for me to collect. If I, if you owed me money as a creditor, so we want to make sure we have all that protected in the in there in that way. To mm-hmm. protect it, you need a business entity, whether it's a limited liability company or corporation, mm-hmm. and from there, you have to treat it like it. And mm-hmm. then you get what you call the corporate veil, which is both way, whether it's a limited liability company or a, a corporation. It's still called a corporate veil. Okay. To make sure we keep that up there. It's like you know, like a shield against your personal assets because you're not doing that stuff. Your business is. You just happen to be the owner. I mean, you think of something like, I don't know, Apple, at and anything like that. If you own stock in it and
2: mm-hmm. they have a
1: judgment against them, they're not going to come after you for it. All you're going to lose is the money you put in at your purchase price. That's the most you can lose in any investment. Okay. That's the way your business should be too. Whatever you funded it with should be the most that you can lose out of it, um, provided you keep your corporate veil together.
0: Got it. Things can be so different in counties, in cities. And so- how do you find out what is required? So we know in Illinois, for example, we have Cook County, but then there's also Chicago. So how do you know what you should be doing?
1: Crazy question. Um, you pretty sense? much you know, it makes a lot of sense. So for certain things, there are certain things that are at the federal level, certain things that are at state level, and then it keeps going each level down, you know, like zoning, mm-hmm. zoning for your business and all that, that's going to be at the local level because the local level is what's, or the, what's going to put out all the zoning factors on there. There could be permitting in there and depending on what level it is, the permit could either be at state or, or some more local, whether it's county or city level. Mm -hmm. And so you basically, you have to kind of do your research with it. And some of it might be as simple as, Hey, I'm going to call Chicago. I'm going to call Bolingbroke or wherever else and say, Hey, I'm debating this, is there any registration permits that I need to do with you to do this type of thing? So you've got that level or your state level, the state handles your uh, employment of department of uh, employment services and it has department of revenue Mm -hmm. and it collects that type of money for both local and um, state level um, taxes or employments, you know, unemployment tax or, you know, insurance or anything along those lines, if you have employees.
2: Okay.
0: So a lot of people that conduct their businesses as sole proprietorships, um, right. because I, I think it's just because it's the easiest way.
1: It absolutely is.
0: But it's also can be one of the most dangerous ways, correct?
1: Correct. It's, the, it's exposing everything you have to any liabilities that could be out there. hmm some things don't have or doesn't matter. So for me, for instance, any law, anyone I've got clients, if they were to sue me, it's me. They're suing me. If I'm driving a car, even mm-hmm. if it's a company car, I'm the one who did it. So that is me personally. It's not necessarily just the company. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had you as driving my car and a, or a car for my business and you had the next thing and I've got everything set up, I'm not, all my liability is whatever's in the business. So I can separate some of it out, but it all depends on the situation of, of what it is. I mean, the fact that you say, Hey, I'm working as a company. I can do whatever I want. That's not going to happen. Obviously (laughs) if you do something wrong, it's still on you. Mm -hmm. Um, There are certain things. If you're acting within the company and it happens, then you're fine. You know, if a mistake happened in the company, just regular company activities, But, I mean, it's kind of like a case-by-case basis, but the best way to protect it is to get some sort of corporation. But it does now, you've got two things. You're not going to use your own checking account anymore. You're going to need separate checking accounts, and Mm -hmm. um, separate space potentially. Okay. Um, You know, it could be carved out in your house. I mean, that's more of a tax reason why you do that but you need to run it like a business. If it's a business, you need to run it like a business and keep Mm -hmm. everything separate in what you do.
0: I love that. Okay. So I got a couple of questions I want to ask. I'm not sure that he, this is his area, but I'm going to ask anyway. So one of our questions is how to trademark your logo, your name, et cetera, for the least amount of money. Is that you?
1: Well, the least amount of money the way you do it is you do it yourself with the US patent and trademark office. That's USPTO.gov. dot or, or gov. Org orgov. Org. Org Gov. One of them. I don't remember, one of those I don't <laughs> remember which one it is. So you can go and do it on there, but the hardest part about the trademark is the search. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you got say some logo that you want to try to do it in an image search. You need to hire someone who knows how to really search that and find to see if you have any competing ones. One of the trademark type things that's uh, to me, being you know from the area, is a classic. Is growing up, you had Empire Carpeting, right? Yes. You know, the the five eight eight two three hundred Empire. Yes. <clears throat> if you listen closely now, when you hear the commercials, they'll go Empire today. Yes, they do. Right. So they're not, their name is now Empire Today. Hmm. It's not Empire anymore. And the reason being is when they were in the Chicago area and just doing it there, it was all good. But when they expanded out geographically and even nationally, mm-hmm. there's another company, Empire, who was already out there, already established,
2: oh, already wow. set,
1: being Empire Steel. And so they're like, uh-uh, cease and desist lever- letter, you can't do that. That's us. You need something else. So then they added the today to it because they were already talking about you could get it today, you know, so it all fits. But they just snuck that on there as part of it because there was a trademark problem.
0: Okay. And we in Chicago are so familiar with that. I grew up with Uh, that five eight two three (laughs) hundred.
1: Yeah, before they even had to put an area code on it because there was only the one area code. Yes.
0: That's amazing. I that's a really good example. Okay, so we got another question here. Megan said, I hear people use the term cottage cottage clause or some variation of what of that when they cook out of their home. What does that mean to you?
1: What's a cottage? I have clause? no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I haven't heard that term. Okay. I mean you'd um, it, be kind of all right, but I mean, I I would be afraid of the health department coming in whenever you're cooking out of your home. That's mm-hmm. what I'd be afraid of. I mean mm-hmm. If you're doing it small and doing small things, usually there's probably some sort of, maybe that's, maybe that cottage clause is some sort of uh, small volume type thing. But if you're starting to put volume out there where you're advertising all over the internet or whatever else, mm-hmm. I'd be very cautious. And there are cook kitchens out there, you know, that you can go in, get your time in there and produce in there. And when you're starting a business with cooking, obviously you have to try to work everything out at home first. Mm -hmm. But it just when you're going out selling everything, you just have to be very cautious to not bring Mm -hmm. too much attention because someone's going to come in. If someone wants to, they can send somebody in there and shut you down. Mm -hmm. We don't want that to happen.
0: So when we were talking about the trademarking and you said that you want to, when it comes to image searching, you really want to have someone who knows how to do that call the right person. Who's the right person for that?
1: So I've got a couple people that do it and it all depends kind of where they, what, what type of thing they're doing. And also with your trademark, mm-hmm. depending on what you're doing, there's a state and a federal level to it. So if you're okay. only staying local and you're not going to be on state lines, it's going to be a state one. And there's somebody who's down there and, or I say, or there's somebody who's out in Virginia area who can search some of the ones um, for the federal level. I mean, a lot of it's online. And if you're looking for a name on that same USPTO site, mm-hmm. you can go look up your name. Okay. And sure to see if your name's in there as a just a word search. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if your logo is your name and like you know in a font or something like that, and your name isn't in there, you're fine. It's just like when you have this picture. Okay. Then then you're going to have to worry about it more if you're going to trademark or like a picture.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so before I get to Megan's next question, I got a couple of questions that I want to ask you that I know okay. are hovering around out there. So when you are forming your corporate veil, and one of the things I liked in a in a training that you did last week or the week before or something like that, I, I went through that thing with a fine tooth comb listening to you. Yes, <laughs> right. I had my paperwork in one hand listening to you and the other, and I said I got to get in his office and have a real conversation. Um, so one of the things that one of the things that comes up is you hear people talk about incorporating in other states like Delaware and things like that. Can you talk to us about, one, why people do it? And two, is it something that's really, I would imagine the answer, of course, is no, it's not necessary. But why do some people think it is necessary?
1: So it isn't necessary because you can get some of the same protections. The reason why people do it in other states are either for tax reasons mm-hmm. or for stronger laws in favor of the business. So Delaware was typically the key one that for a long time because they had the most pro-friendly business laws out there. Uh, Nevada, Wyoming, South Dakota, or, um, Alaska have all become very favorable too for those reasons. And it's also for asset protection, trying to protect your assets from creditors. Some of them, like Nevada, actually all of those ones, have what they call a strong charging order. Mm -hmm. So this charging order means if I have a limited liability company that my personal creditors can't get at my business assets. Illinois does not have a strong charging order. So if I got sued for whatever reason and I had, I don't know, a rental property in an LLC... The judge can order that I turn it over, sell it, whatever it is, and I'd have to do it. But okay. a judge who's handling Nevada law isn't or Wyoming law isn't going to order that. It's going to stay in there. And until I take the money out of there, they're not going to, you know, my creditors can't get at it uh, until that time. Okay. Same thing happens for trusts in those places, too. They got that stronger language for that and the stronger protection from the court. But the reality is, so if say I set up in, I don't know, Delaware or whatever it is, but I do all my business in Illinois, I also have to register as a foreign entity in Illinois. So now you've just added cost. Mm-hmm. And most people don't want to just keep layering cost on type of things unless there's a very strong reason why you need that extra, try to protect yourself some more. Um You know, it seems to be a bit of an overkill in most situations. Now, some places where I've seen it work better, um, if I were to do a C corporation, so one that doesn't pass the tax to me personally, um, sometimes I'll consider doing it over there in one of these other states. Illinois is also now not crazy expensive like it used to be. Mm -mm. I mean – LLCs up until December were $500 for just any LLC and $750 for a series LLC. Now it's down to $150 for a regular one and $400 for a series. So now it's Illinois is one of the most competitive in our area of states for filing fees. Uh, if if it's a pass-through on taxes whatever the state you do it in is irrelevant because it's passing through your individual taxes. And if you're in Illinois, then you're in Illinois.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and especially if you earn your money here, then all your tax is going to be in the place where you earn it.
0: So let's dig into that a little bit because some people are like, I don't have a clue what you mean when you say pass through taxes. Can we start by well, the difference between an LLC and S corp, a C corp, an LLP? Can, what are the differences? Because some people are like, I have no clue what you're talking about right now. Hey, ladies, I wanted to hop in here really quick, and I wanted to talk to you a bit about this interview with Philbo guests that you're listening to. We actually recorded this 12 months ago in January of 2019, but the information is still relevant. Um, and that's why you'll hear some things like, Megan asked the question because this was actually a live video and I recorded it using Zoom. You may be familiar with the video conferencing software Zoom. I recorded it at that time. We did it as a live video. We pushed the feed onto Facebook Live and the cool thing about it is I was able to take that video and you can also save the audio file. So I took that audio file, edited it, made it nice and pretty and cleaned it up so it'd be a really good audio file for today's podcast. So today I wanted to share with you Zoom. It's a great tool to use for video conferencing, webinars, um, meetings, and different things like this, interviewing. I use it often for interviewing. When we become entrepreneurs, it's so important that we use efficient tools and things that increase our productivity and professionalism. Zoom allows us to do just that. So I wanted to offer you Zoom today. You can actually visit my website, coaching.demitamcgee.com slash Zoom to take advantage of today's affiliate offer. I do want to let you know that should you choose to do that, I will get a small affiliate commission if you do decide to use that link and get one of the accounts with Zoom. But it's an amazing, amazing, amazing tool for you to use for your business. And you will use it over and over and over. I've been a Zoom account holder for I don't know over five years now, and it's never failed me yet. So, thank you so much. We'll finish up today's episode. Can we start by the difference between an LLC, an S corp, a C corp, an LLP? Can what are the differences? Because some people are, like, I have no clue what you're talking about right now.
1: So, to go at the highest level, you have a corporation, and you have a limited li- You have you have sole proprietorship, which is the easiest. The partnership is next step up. It just happens to be more than one person, and you. Mm-hmm hopefully you create some sort of written partnership agreement uh, and you divide up how you're going to pay, how you're going to, um, like percentages that each of you are going to pay for expenses and receiving profits. The next way up is, so you, met, you mentioned limited liability partnership. There is one in there. There aren't a lot of people who end up in that area because you have to, some person has lia- has no li or has limited liability. Some have no liability. And there's ways you back it out, but it seems probably not going to be very uh, widely used okay. in, in this type of situation. Okay. Um, then you have a limited liability company, mm-hmm. which provides you your with your protection, but but you everybody there is considered a member, and it's just one type of entities out there. It's typically more relaxed. Than a corporation in its corporate formalities. Okay. However, I especially when it, it doesn't take a lot to do some of the corporate formalities, I suggest that my clients always do them anyway. Mm-hmm. Because when it's like you're just documenting the things you did or you're going to do, it's not a big That's deal. Way up it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so I just go ahead and have people do that. Um, and then a corporation is what it says corporation it has you know centralized management limited liability uh it can last forever you know unlimited life i mean look at all these companies that are out there the big guys who have been there for hundreds of years mm-hmm. um, and, and then you have your choice of taxation a regular a corporation regular is taxes a corporation at whatever rate their you know their graduated brackets wherever they are and then whatever distributions they are are paid as dividends, and then those individual pays taxes on those dividends. This is where some people talk about the double taxation of mm-hmm. the corporation because I paid tax on, as a corporation on the dividend because that was a profit, and then my, my dividend is the distribution of the profits to the shareholders. So then you're paying tax again on the individual level. Okay. Um, with the new tax laws, there are times when actually even paying on twice is lower. But really, yeah, but there's very few, there's like limited spots where it works and you know, the situation has to be perfect. Usually it's ends up being more taxes. However, there are other little benefits you can put inside of a corporation. Like I can have the corporation reimburse me for all my healthcare expenses. So now Mm -hmm. everything's pre-tax on all my healthcare and the way I, and you know, if, if instead of paying a dividend... I just up my salary or give me a bonus. So now it's an employee pay. So now I've eliminated the double taxation that way. But Mm -hmm. the one thing about that is, is as I get paid, I have to do my withholdings, I have to do my Mm W-2s, and everything along those lines. A corporation is required to file a a separate tax return. So tax wise, it's getting a little more complicated to make sure it gets handled right the book, the bookkeeping and the tax and the payroll and everything along those lines, even if it is just one person. Okay. Now, if you you do a S corporation, which is an election that you can make, we have to file extra paperwork with the IRS saying, I want to be treated as a pass through. So now when you get it, all the profits get passed through onto my own personal tax return through either, um, uh, wage, wage and salary, which you have to pay yourself a, a regular wage, or it passes through the profits to me, as like an investment would turn in the profits to me, and I just pay it on there. The key difference to that is that comes through on what's called a K-1 and is not subject to all those payroll taxes, or a Schedule SE, if that's how you end up showing it, which is 15.3%, you know, so you mm-hmm. save some money on taxes that way, but you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary, the You know, you can't just skate it all by and skip that tax. Okay.
0: Okay. So basically you're going to have to, you're going to have to talk to somebody like a CPA also, so you can understand that. So a partnership with your attorney and a partnership with a CPA is going to be really important when it comes to creating your corporate veil, but also making sure that you're doing what's best for your tax situation.
1: Yeah. Well, so some of the tax things in, in trying to decide how you're going to do it, that most attorneys will be able to handle all that side of things. But once it gets through handling your books moving forward, I would have a seasoned CPA or a bookkeeper or somebody who is used to handling all these to make sure that you aren't missing deadlines, Mm -hmm. that you're sending the money off where it needs to go if you have to have any withholdings or anything else along those lines. Because withholdings is a scary thing, because even if this is one of those liabilities, Mm -hmm. even though it's inside a corporation, The person who's deemed the responsible party, and you have to put that on when you file with the IRS, this is my responsible party. Those people are also personally liable for those taxes, those withholdings, if they weren't made.
0: Wow. Okay. So there's no passing that on to the corporation.
1: No, you can't can't ditch that. If you're the one who's supposed to do it, I mean, you, you should just pay it out of the corporation, but- if you miss your obligations, that's kind of the teeth they put in it to make sure that you don't just kind of bail on it and you know try um, to skip out of the taxes. Gotcha. Yeah, you want gotcha. to. And those are both for um, any of like the sales tax or anything else that you have to pay over to the to the state or mm-hmm. to the federal or state income taxes.
0: Okay, so the majority of the clients that you have in your office that you see. Um, I don't, I don't even know if this is a good question. Are they, are the majority doing LLCs? Do you have a lot of clients that need to do actual S or C corporations?
1: So until recently, I had a lot of people who went and had and did the corporations because it was significantly cheaper. <laughs> so they went, they were willing to deal with the extra paperwork on taxes because, mm. you know, it was half the price. Mm-hmm. And they're ongoing things, especially if they were adept at QuickBooks and could handle all that on their own, um, didn't have employees and payroll to worry about, um, but they and they could get everything off where they needed to, or maybe they weren't selling anything, so they didn't have any sales tax or anything like that. They just had to pay their quarterly estimates. Um, so, re- until recently, most of them, there were a lot that were going to the corporation route, usually in making an S corporation election, but um, now, I'm seeing the trend the other way because an LLC is easier. And if you uh, want and you want your tax treatment as a uh, disregarded and if you're one person, you can have it called a disregarded entity. So you have your limited, limited, your veil for limited liability. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for taxes, you still just report it on a Schedule C. And uh, now, for you're going to have to still do that. SE, where you pay the payroll taxes, the 15.3%. But if you have to pay yourself a reasonable salary anyway, you're starting up, it might be likely that you're going to pay it all to yourself in salary. Mm-hmm. So it all comes out being the same thing and you don't have okay. to do the extra withholding payroll taxes or anything else like that from the corporation. And you might not even think it's re- necessary to file for S corporation tax treatments in your LLC because you can make that election out of your mm-hmm. LLC too, which is mostly what people do it so they can have some of it being this is my income, this is my salary, and this is my pass through where I don't have to pay that extra um, payroll type taxes. Wow,
0: this is a whole <clears throat> crash Lots
2: hole. of things. There's
0: yeah. a lot of pieces to this. What happens if you start your company, your LLC or however you start and you're in one state. So a lot of what he's talking about, just know that is in Illinois. Okay. I want to specify that. When we talk about the cost and it was it's, it's less expensive, we're talking about right, Illinois right. specifically. So that's know that the
1: Illinois well. filing fees. Other right. states have different filing fees and you'd have to check on the it's usually uh, the Secretary of State in every state mm-hmm. that's gonna have a list of their filing fees when you go out mm-hmm. there to find them.
0: What happens when you grow outside your state? You're doing great in your state, and now it's time to grow. So what happens when you grow outside your state? You still go to your attorney. So in this case, we'd be going to you and saying, okay, wait, now we're looking at more. Is that what we do for an entity, or is that what we change our our corporate structure? Like, what happens then?
1: So you probably don't have to change a corporate structure. It might make sense. You Mm -hmm. might change it. You might change your tax treatment. Like, maybe I I was like a LLC and just had the pass through a disregarded entity. And now I want S corp taxation. I just filed for the form at that time. The IRS will say, all right, I accept it as of this date, which is always okay. the beginning of a tax year. Um, and then going forward, they'll take it um, moving forward. They will make sure that, you know, there aren't other reasons where you're trying to shelter taxes on some other things. Like maybe there's property in there that okay. a lot of gain and you're trying to pass it, pass it out another way. But for the most part, they usually take it and say, all right, moving forward, you get treatment like this. Okay. Um, now, when you move into another state, theres it all depends how and why and what you're doing. If I'm manufacturing whatever in Illinois and I'm making it all here mm-hmm. and my moving into the other state is I did some marketing and I'm shipping stuff there, I probably don't need to register in that state yet. Um, if I get a physical presence like a shop in that state? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now I'm now I'm doing business in the state. It's not like a mail order going somewhere. So then I would have to register in that state and in doing that you're also subjecting yourself to having to collect whatever sales tax they have to anybody in their state. Like gotcha. you would for everybody in the state, your home state where you're working on everything.
2: Gotcha.
0: Okay, we got a question here. What happens if or when you are an LLC and you take a loss for the first year? Is it better to still file the loss as an LLC or on their personal taxes? Would that muddy the water for separating, hold on, business and personal?
1: So you, if you're running a business, if you have it established, you're going to show it in the business. Okay. Now, to be considered a business, you have to show a profit in three of the first five years. If you don't, they're going to consider it a hobby loss and those losses that you wrote off because you can write off some of those losses off your personal taxes. Um, then they're going to disallow that write-off.
0: Okay.
1: Um, so you can't, because you can use some of the losses in your business to you know, offset some of your other income that you might have, but they don't want you to basically, uh, the example that I've always heard was, hey, I'm going to run a, horse riding school or something like that and horses are expensive and really what you have there is hey i want this pet horse and i'm going to try to kind of make money out but it's really just a hobby and what you have mm-hmm. there and so that's fine that you you know balance balance out the gains and the the revenues against the expenses but we're not going to let you reduce your other expenses because hey mm-hmm. you wanted to own this thing and you're running this hobby and it's not a because they basically look at it, IRS as yeah it's not really a business it's a hobby so okay. they don't think you can just you know those are my sort of living expenses and write them off for that reason. Wow. Everybody has to have corporate books. You need you need to put down here's my place of business which means this is where I keep my corporate books. Okay. Maybe where I run it. Um. You can have a a registered agent that's where they are going to the sheriff's going to show up if you get sued and they're going to serve you there. And they're going to send all official mail there. Keep the books in order document what you do because usually as small business owners starting up, the money kind of flows a little freely between personal and corporate in there. Mm -hmm. And if we have reasons why it's happening, all right, I've given a loan to the company. I've repaid this loan that I gave to the company. I've um, purchased more shares. I've, I've, I've put more money into Um, start my company into the funding of my company you know it's all documented in there now you can say hey i'm not running it as my personal anymore here's what i did and here's why i did it and it's all documented in my corporate books
0: that's awesome i appreciate you so much for hanging out with us today because you gave quite a bit of your time listen i'm going to ask you one more question but before that how can people connect with you if they're like i like this guy i want to talk to him more how can they connect with
1: you so my email is phil, P-H-I-L, at L-A-W, so law, T-P-B, Tom, Paul, Boy, which are my initials, dot .com. Um, Lawtpb.com is my webpage, my normal law firm webpage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm hooked okay. up with you on Facebook so they can find me <laughs> on there. That is true. Um, yeah you, okay. you, you probably won't get much out of my Twitter or my you – know, you can find me on LinkedIn, you know, but, but I do have things to go out on Twitter. Okay, those a lot of those are more financial services related, which happens to be another business I have. One thing it reminds me of the big thing, another thing that is out there is everybody goes, Oh, I'm gonna hire this person, I'm gonna make them a 1099. And you probably saw that all in the book in the Mm -hmm. group, and I think you had a question on that. I sure did. And
0: And it had a ton of comments, and I immediately called. One of my sorority sisters is a accountant. I immediately called her. And if you'll recall, I said, she said this is more of a legal question. And then I put yeah. that in asking you more questions. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, well, you had a lot of answers and they were completely wrong. <laughs> I mean, you did. I mean, it's like, oh, if you do this, I'm like, no, not necessarily. I mean real. I mean, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it's a duck, right? Yeah. So that's what it all comes down with this employees. So just putting it in the contract saying you're a 1099. If, it they, no, it doesn't. And Joe Marte put his thing in there, and I kind of I put his name in there, to make sure he saw it, so he put it in there because he had an employer story. that you know didn't honor anybody as being a, an employee. Now he, they have to potentially pay vacation pay, sick pay, overtime, maybe if they're hourly. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of things in there that they might have to do. And then you've got they didn't pay the uh, unemployment. You know, because when you're got an employee, you got to pay the Department of uh, Employment Services, you got to pay unemployment taxes on it. And there's all, and you didn't withhold taxes for payroll. That's a
0: huge you judgment. Know. There's so there's, there's
1: a lot of things you can hey. get in trouble with. Yeah. You didn't have your workers' comp paid for for them. I mean, there's all sorts of things you can have there. So you just have to be careful. And that's one thing that seems easy to do. So, like, oh, it's 1099, it'll be easier and all that. But just be very, very cautious to make mm-hmm. sure. You aren't treating this person like an employee. If if they look like they're, you know, they're coming in, coming to your place, working when you tell them to, and working on what you tell them to, that's an employee. Mm -hmm. Perfect.
0: Phil, thank you so much. You're welcome. You know, I appreciate you. Don't go anywhere. We're going to close out for the day. Listen, ladies, gents, I appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. Sometimes it's very difficult to take the steps that you need to take in your business. You're excited. You're ready to grow this company. But guess what? We have to do the stuff that's a little uncomfortable and that we're scared of too. But on the other side, we see it just really, really wasn't so scary. He didn't bite us. He didn't scream. He didn't yell. He just gave us amazing information. I appreciate him. I appreciate you. You guys make sure you have an unapologetically passionate remainder of your day. So there you have it, ladies. Thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. I appreciate you so much. I'm so grateful that you guys are getting value. Listen, we want to close out with our closing scripture. And man, is it encouraging. It is literally one of my favorites. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It is Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. And to know me is to know that this is one of my all-time favorite verses in the Bible. A lot of people are familiar with the first part, but they don't read that last part so let's do it today it says do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Wow a lot of people will tell you don't despise humble or small beginnings but it's that last part for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin and let me tell you why that's exciting especially with today's episode is because when you say to God I'm going to take that next step he knows that you trust him. He knows that you have faith. He gets excited because he loves to see The work began. Remember, we serve an unlimited God with unlimited resources. We have access to all things through our Father. And because of that, He can help you get legal counsel, He can help you get an accountant, He can help you with all those things and provide the resources that you need in order to flourish in this business vision that He's given you. So show Him that you trust Him take the steps. Don't worry about step 10 if you haven't taken step one. Don't focus on step five if you haven't taken step two. Just take the next logical step right in front of you. God has your back. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Christian Christian Women's Business Academy podcast. We will see you next time. Bye for now.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now. I'm ready to rage now. I feel like an animal, stuck in a cage and I'm ready to
2: break out.
0: My time, my time.
2: None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time, you better get ready to race to the I'm top. Ready to do.
0: On the field, it's time to get real I'm feeling so ruthless My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Lower
2: the lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop